Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Both sides of the uh, road 
it didn't look real fresh, but obviously it's it's it has snowed here. But at the moment, wherever we are now, it's um it's all green. Oh wow! You can see wow. snow up on the like the hillsides and the you know mountaintops, and it's really pretty. Pretty, 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 pretty. Well, you guys are gonna I know we're gonna have a great time in Denver and uh, kind of restocking things for your out west shop, aren't you? Well, this is the great time of the year that we go, and uh, we are busy with a schedule for uh, two days. We see different vendors almost, you know, hourly. Our first appointment tomorrow morning is with our good friends at Rock Mount Ranchware, and uh, we love to start our, our Denver experience with those folks, and um, we just see, um, gosh, everybody we currently deal with, and then we're always got our eyes open for new new vendors that we're not familiar with and new product lines and um and it's like old home week you see people in the halls that you know you stop into showrooms and you know wave at folks and take a um it's our opportunity to look at everything touch and feel and um see the new products that are coming out for actually fall of um, 2020 and many things available now but Lots of things that are that are available for the fall season. So it's just it's it's work in that it's a busy full time. Joni Harms is going to be there. She's she's always at Wessa, and we sure uh, Joni and Olivia. And we're sure looking forward to running into them and maybe grabbing a bite to eat and you know catching up with them. So it's a, just a really fun time. Well, that's great. That is. Great. I guess next week we'll have to kind of get a preview what kind of fall fashions people need to look for. So <laughs> Miss Fanista, Bobby Bell. But uh <laughs> I know you're not gonna stay with us for the show, but uh it's always great to talk to you. And you can tell us who our first guest is today. Oh, I'm delighted and I'm and I'm sorry that I'm gonna miss it, but the road being what it is and the direction we're going it just made sense to uh Get off the air so you all can have just a wonderful time. We've got Mike and Doris Merritt on the line, um, returning guests that we just enjoy so much. And I know you're going to have a great time with them. Well, we're looking forward to talking with Doris and Mike. And then on Saddle Up America at the second half of the show, we're going to be talking to Tammy Pate, who is the creator and founder of Art of the Cowgirl. And then our good friend, Mr. Robert Eversole, will be joining us for Saddle Up America. So we've got a packed show today with Mike and Doris to kick things off. And then with Tammy and Robert in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America. But you have a great time. And uh, bring me back a Rocky Mountain shirt, would you? <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> All right. All We're right. going to listen to it. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to listen to Talk a, to you next week. Gonna, right, okay. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Are we going to listen to a great song from Mike and Doris Merritt right now. It's called Detour, and we come back. We'll be talking with Doris and Mike Merritt on the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. <laughs> Down life's rugged road, stumbling neath a heavy load. 
dog in the background. She's got a reputation, so I'm going to close her up and make, make her shut up here so we can talk. All right. All right. But Happy New Year to you, too. We're just so glad to get to be with you again. Thank you for having us. Well, well we're happy to have you back. So, Mike, what kind of res- resolutions have you made for 2020? Uh, <laughs> I, my resolution was not to make any. 
<laughs> you made a resolution to unnake it, is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, that's safe. That's yeah, that's pretty safe. Yeah. So, yeah, Doris, yeah. what that's about you? Any New Year's resolutions for you? Well, I wouldn't say, I don't, I, I'm like Mike to a certain extent. I hate to make things that you can break, but oh, my dog. But we're, what I really want to do, Gary, is just make sure that we enjoy and savor every day and uh, make it the best we can because, you know what, we don't know how long we're going to be here. And I'm just thankful, you know, going through the same, some things I have in the past few years that I'm thankful to be here. And I just want to make sure that I enjoy it and not, you know, not try to, to get upset or get depressed. That's hard sometimes, <laughs> but just just enjoy, you know, and, and make sure we savor the moment. Absolutely. Well, I've, that's my resolution. My resolution yeah. for 2020 is just to live in the moment and enjoy every yeah. day as it comes around. So there I can go. keep that one. I think I can keep that resolution. But there uh, you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've it's been a while since you guys have been on the show. And for our worldwide audience, I'd like to uh, to let them know a little bit about you. And Doris, I'd kind of like to start with you. You're a, okay. you're a Nashville girl originally. Yes, I am. I'm jealous that you're there and I'm here. But <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So how did how did you get started? Let's talk about opera a little bit. Was that your first musical experience? Well, I always uh, I always I grew up singing in my church and uh, in high school and different groups and things. And then uh, my senior year in high school, the voice teacher I was studying with uh, took all took her students. I think she had ten or twelve students. Took them all to Opryland as an experience, you know, to because I Gary at that time I wanted to be a veterinarian. I really thought that I wanted to be, but I didn't know I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> but she was. She was taking us around for different scholarships and things, and I had already gotten a full scholarship to um, MTSU for music, and uh, uh-huh. I thought, wow, but that's not really what I want to do, you know, <laughs> and uh, so she took us to Opryland as another outlet, another experience, and I made it, not myself and only one other girl out of all her students made Opryland, and we weren't even 18 yet, And but by the time the performance started in the summer, uh, we could, we were 18 so we could we could practice and then start performing but that was really my first professional um work because it was a union um opryland was union uh musician yeah. union was there was, but that was that just kind of gave me the bug and made me realize that i was didn't have a gpa to to go to to that school and that god evidently wanted me to do that because he put me right in the play in some wonderful places to be able to sing and perform so that started it out <laughs> That is fantastic. Well, for folks that are listening, uh, today Opryland is the Opryland Hotel, Gaylord Opryland Hotel, and everybody associates it with the mall. But forever, yeah. Opryland USA was a great theme park, and uh, and it really, with the musical performances that folks like Doris were involved in, I mean, it really, really was a testing ground for a lot of folks that have gone on and had tremendous careers in the music business since then. Yeah, Gary, we called it boot camp for entertainers. 
I mean, that's what they yeah. literally called it because there were so many, like so many artists that came out of Opryland, and I think it was since the early seventies. It was in the early seventies because um, it had been going several several years before I before I was in high school and before I worked there. But it was because we'd have to do in some days we'd have to do five shows in one day. And oh Not wow. only did you sing, you would dance. You know, and they had a yeah. live band, a full band. It, nothing was no canned music. There were ten live shows in the park, and uh, it went from everywhere to turn of the century music, to country music, to all American music, bluegrass, uh, you know, Dixieland, and fifties music. So it was it was a wonderful theme park, and it just I was so disappointed when Nashville allowed that to slip away. You know, I was just. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. That is sad that Opryland USA is no longer there, and uh, I don't know why they did that, but it would have been a great draw today to Music City to oh, have something like really Opryland USA back. But uh, yeah. Uh, so how did how did the girls next door come to be? Did any of the girls perform at Opryland, or how did that come about? Well. And it's interesting because we we used to do Nashville Now a lot, which is on the National Network. I don't know if y'all remember that show, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we used to do that show a lot. And uh, Ralph Emery would all four of us worked at Opryland, but never together. We never worked as a group at Opryland. But he would not let us forget that. You know, from Opryland, like, no, <laughs> no, we're not from Opryland. We were formed outside of Opryland. We all just happened to work there and and cut our teeth. But we were formed of a man named Tommy West uh, was a producer in Nashville. He used to produce Jim Croce and Ed Bruce and uh, several other major artists. He was actually from New York. But I did a lot of studio work for him, background vocals, and he told me one day, he said, you need to put a group together so that it would just be easier. When I called you, you'd have a group together to do the. So that's what, what I did, and I called one of my good friends, Cindy, and she knew another girl that sang hops. The high part, that was Diane, and Diane knew Tammy. And we literally had never worked together, got together and practiced, and our voices just blended so well. And it just worked out. And one day we were in the studio, and Tommy West said, how would y'all like to do this for real? And we're like, uh, we're loving what we're doing. And they said, well, he, he had been asked to be the head of A&R for a new record label in town. It was the MTM Records, which was from the TV people out of California came here and opened up. They bought the Monument Building, Monument Records, stepped right in as a major label, and we were one of the first acts signed. So that was an awesome experience, and just it was a God thing again. I think you know had our hands on what we were doing in our lives even back then. Yeah, yeah, and so many people just absolutely still love the girls next door. And uh, <laughs> you've got so many fans that the girls have so many fans out there. But um, so how long did you how long did you perform together? We were together uh, eight years because we were together two years before we ever had product out. We were signed to the record label, but we things were still getting uh, formed with the label. So we went out on our own and kind of traveled and did some clubs which was horrible but we did that for about six months oh it was a nightmare it was that was oh my goodness but anyway as four girls and as an unknown act out trying to do i mean we we got plenty of dates because we were girls but it just wasn't right. a fun time so so we then we took six months off and recorded our album and then hit the road and we were so fortunate immediately our first six single went to number 14 on the billboard charts the next one was a top 10 and our lives were changed. 
you know, our time wow. lives are changed. Wow. So we, we actually are on the road like six years, six years, and then we decide to start our family. So that's how things kind of, you know, ended up. But it was a wonderful time, Gary, and Slow Boat to China, and Love Will Get You Through Times of No Money are the songs that people will probably, hopefully, if they're old enough, they'll recognize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, I think a lot of people still remember those. And um, uh, so you guys performed uh, on Hee Haw. You performed in Vegas. I think you did the Tonight Show. Yes, and uh, the Today Show and the Morning Show, and we did. Uh, that was in when they did the Statue of Liberty celebration. We were guests of the New York Stock Exchange, and we did the Today Show that morning and just had a wonderful time. We were so fortunate. We got to open for George Jones at the Kennedy Center in Washington D.C. another time, and like I said, we were just. Got to do some wonderful things. We I can't complain about any of the time that we were together, and uh, and like I said, when we decided to quit, it was a group decision because we wanted to start our families, and we knew that uh, it was just going to be too difficult for four girls to have children and try to juggle that. And in fact, yeah, about about two years after, uh, two or three years after we had quit. Uh, Lori Ann Crook was a good friend of mine. We went to high school together, and she she and um, they she hosted along with uh, oh goodness I've gone blank Charlie Charlie Chase, Chase. Mm-hmm. yeah they hosted um, their own show, but then they moved into the they hosted National Mail, and we ran into each other. And she called me. She said, "Would y'all like to do a show? You think you get the girls back together?" And we did. And Gary, each of us had small children. And it was it was very difficult. I think it was another thing showing us that we made the right decision because one, I think Diane's little boy got sick. Diane's, or anyway, one child was sick. One child's mother was sick that took care of the child of the second. And I know my it was just crazy us trying to get there and pull our acts together. It was it was very difficult on a personal level, but musically yeah. nothing changed. The band the the same band National now same band played for us. They knew our material. So that side of it was incredible, but personally, it was it was hard. It was real hard. Yeah. Well, you guys are absolutely great, and uh, the music is great. And the next song that we're going to do from your album, Detour, is one called I Won't Take Less Than Your Love. We're going to play that, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mike and find out about this old cowboy. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. But let's take a listen to I Won't Take Less Than Your Love, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. How much do I owe you? Said the husband to his wife For standing here beside me Through the hard years of my life Shall I bring you diamonds? Shall I buy you furs? Just say the word it is yours. And his wife said, I won't take less than your love, sweet love. No, I won't take less than your love. All the riches of this world can never be. No, I won't take less than your love How much do I owe you? To the mother said the son 
All that you have taught me In the days when I was young Shall I bring expensive blankets To cast upon your bed And a pillow for to rest your weary head And the mother said I won't take less Than your love, sweet love No, I won't take less Than your love All the comforts of this world Could never be enough No, I won't take less Than your love the man to his Lord for giving me this day and all the days that's gone before and shall I build a temple shall I make a sacrifice tell me Lord and I'll pay the price and the Lord said I won't take less than your love sweet love It's from the CD Detour. We're talking with Mike and Doris Eric. And so we found out a little bit about Doris and her background. Let's find out about this old cowboy. Mike, you, hey, spent, a lot, you spent a lot of time cowboying out in Texas, didn't you? I, I did. I grew up in Texas and always wanted to be a cowboy. And, uh, and so I pursued that, doing day work and had cattle of my own at times. Wind up getting to work on some pretty good ranches in my time and just rodeoing, shoeing horses, anything paid bills, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what was the biggest ranch you worked on? I worked on a uh, ranch out in, it was uh, out south of Big Springs, Texas, out west, kind of the western direction of Texas. It was a cowper ranch. A doctor had at a small ranch out there. It was uh, 86 sections he had out oh. there. And then, and then he had about 10,000 or so more acres down close to, to where I grew up, and that's how I became employed by them. And, uh, and then uh, as time went on, the uh, foreman of that ranch was involved in a pretty serious auto accident. And so they sent me out there to uh, take care of that that ranch out there. Me and a uh, 72-year-old man that was born on that ranch. He was born and raised wow. on that ranch. And uh, so I went out there, and and it gave me a entirely different perspective about being a cowboy, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> 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 it 
Well, we we would drive about 20 miles off the when you got into the ranch to the kind of the farmhouse that we lived in, and uh, they, we had a windmill for water and kerosene lamps for lights and uh, propane to cook on. So, uh, oh gosh. Yeah, it was a uh, it was which it didn't bother me. I think Doris wouldn't have been real happy about being there, you know. <laughs> I didn't know him then. <laughs> we, we had we had about thirty head of of uh, ranch horses in that remuda, and and our day started about four o'clock in the morning. I'd go catch up four horses and feed them and get them saddled, and that old fella out there would cook us breakfast every morning, and it was hot links, greasy eggs, and coffee, and that was about what we ate in the mornings and in the evenings, you know. And, and we would. Uh, we would be sitting at the gates for daylight, and uh, and we'd be coming and coming home about ten that night, you know, seven days a week. So uh, there wasn't much time for uh, for uh, showering and shaving and styling your hair, you know. You <laughs> wore out, and uh, and I, I was I think I was out there the first time for ninety two days. And we we had to drive cattle. We would gather cattle up on this ranch and put them in a one section, which is 640 acres. I know y'all know that, but that was a trap. Oh yeah, yeah. And we, we <laughs> would we would push cattle for about two weeks, and then we would drive them 26 miles one day and work them the next day, and then the third day we'd drive them back to the pastures. So I was out there 92 days, and uh, we didn't have the luxuries out there on that little shack we lived in so we didn't take showers very often it was just me and that old man and (laughs) (laughs) so we couldn't we didn't we couldn't really smell each other you know we were in the same (laughs) 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 when i I did get to go home i made it home and uh for just for to deliver some feed back down in the eastern ranch and uh and my old long handles, the sleeves and stuff, just kind of fell apart when I when I got ready to clean up. You know? Yeah, Doris, you still can't believe that, but uh, Uh-oh. you know, you got folks out there listening. Maybe they didn't go that long, but uh, you know, when you got to you got to do what you got to do out there uh, in this old cattle business, and uh, sometimes it's not too pretty or don't smell too good, but you got to do it, you know. You got to do it, and it wasn't quite like it was in the movies, was it? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's glamoured up a whole lot for the most part when you get out there in the real world. But uh, it was the experience, because uh, out in West Texas, where you know I was more the northeastern part of Texas, and and it would be you know 15 degrees out there, and I would I would hear it on the radio. Tomorrow's going to be. 15 or 10 degrees, I'd put on everything I owned and get out there in about 30 minutes. You were sweating because, you know, it's dry the humidity, right. so it's not cold that I grew up in. And uh, It was it was definitely the experience that I'm I'm thankful to, uh, that I got to be part of it because I learned a whole lot. And, uh, just, uh, well, it's, it's, it's probably great memories and great stories, but I bet you're glad you're not doing that today. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. We've been uh, we've been working gathering cattle for the last two days, leaving at daylight, and I got home at 
nine thirty or ten last night, and that was the last day, and I'm thankful for it. You <laughs> it was the last day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got a great song that Mike does. It's called the Cavalry Song. It's from the album Detour. And uh, when we come back, let's find out how this Nashville girl and this Texas cowboy finally got together. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Pushing horns weren't easy like the movies said it was. I don't recall dance hall girls and hotel rooms was rough. We worked hard and tired and nasty and rode our ponies head too low. All those nights we couldn't sleep cause it was just too cold and we sang Strawberry Roan and Little Joe. Like the night we crossed the river and the rain But when all the boys rode into camp, we knew that's what counts. And we sang, yippee ki yay in amazing grace. Cause a cowboy's got his reasons and a cowboy's got a song. A cowboy's got a way of life and it's almost gone. Seen the terror in his eyes. He rode that horse for all he could, and I know he done his best. He crossed over Jordan, riding bunny to his bed. We sang, bringing in the sheaves and the rugged cross. So if you see a cowboy, he's not ragged by. He never meant to fold him leg and put that gravel in his horse. He's just chasing what he really loves and what's burning in his soul. Wishing to God that he'd been born about a hundred years ago, still singing Strawberry Roll and Little Joe. Cause a cowboy's got his reasons and a cowboy's got his song. A cowboy's got a way of life and it's almost gone. Riding the straightest line he can between right and wrong. You know, there's more to being a cowboy than just wearing boots and a hat. It's more about being a part of the things that God has created. Like sitting on the back of a good horse, watching the sun rise in the mornings, and seeing a newborn calf getting up for the first time and stretching his legs, and just knowing your family is growing up in the Lord's pasture, 
just loving and enjoying all the things that He has created for us and what He did for us. I thank you, Lord, for choosing me and letting me live the cowboy life. Cause a cowboy's got his reasons and a cowboy's got a song. A cowboy's got a way of life and it's almost gone. Riding the straightest line he can between right and wrong. Riding the straightest line he can between right and wrong. Cowboy song that's Mike Merritt and it's from Mike and Doris's CD Detour. And uh, so, how did how did an old cowboy that barely took baths meet <laughs> a Nashville girl? How'd you guys get oh, together? <laughs> okay, Mike, you want me to start? I'll start. How about that? That's the safest way. I think. Well, well, sure. <laughs> well, first of all, he was he was not a nasty old cowboy. He was still a cowboy, but he cleaned up a little bit, okay? So, all right. <laughs> today, all right. But I had ended up in Oklahoma, and uh, we were starting um, some cowboy churches or helping. I was helping some people start cowboy churches, and Mike had already been involved in cowboy churches, and he came over to help us do some music. And uh, And it was just one of those things we just, uh, started working together. When I say working together, there were opportunities to help start different churches over the over the state of Oklahoma. And Mike is a Texan, uh, born and bred, but he was willing to come across to Oklahoma and uh, take a chance. <laughs> and uh, but uh, we helped start oh goodness a lot of churches in this area in in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, we traveled with some other folks going and doing. Um, what I called awareness meetings, seeing that people were interested in starting churches. And that's how we became very, very good friends. And um, he played the guitar for me uh, to sing and to, to share some different things. And that's how it kind of started. So, Mike, you want to take it from there? Well, you just pretty much wrapped it up. But but uh, we, we'd agreed to, uh, <laughs> you know, we agreed that, hey, we were just going to be friends and do what, what uh, we were uh, given the opportunities to do start those cowboy churches, which that's that's when they first started showing up. That was a passion of mine uh, when I got involved and saw what was happening, and and uh, so we got to do that. And and the time moved along, and Doris and I talked after about two years, I think it was. Like, well, you know, we might consider moving our relationship a little further and see what happens. And <laughs> we did a lot of praying and. Uh, and so we did that, and 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 then I, she told me one time that uh, that her glasses weren't very good, that she was needing glasses because she couldn't see very well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's an opportunity right there. So anyway, we toured <laughs> it along there, and uh, I finally worked up enough courage to ask her to marry me, and she said yes. In fact, we were at uh, one of those church awareness deals, I think, during that time, and uh, she said yes, so uh, we went on and set dates, and we got married, and after we got married, we was married long enough for the ink to dry, you know, on the marriage mm-hmm. license, I, I went and we went and got glasses, you know. 
<laughs> and I still love it. I still, I still want and, to hang And then I had her, you know. So, uh, okay. I still want to hang It's been a journey. It's been a journey, Gary. And you've been it part has. of our journey through, uh, through your show and the events that you've been invited us to. But, uh, you know, we've, we've seen some just incredible times and blessings, things that happen. And then, as you know, uh, we've also faced some uh, – some pretty trying yeah. times with yeah. Norris's battle, but uh, the Lord's always uh, showed up, and and so we're here, and we're, uh, you know, I, I think since the last time I talked to you, I tore up my shoulder, and uh, so I've been I've been unemployed for about two years, and I'm kind of liking it, except for that bills come, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but oh uh, uh, gosh, yeah, a lot of folks. Retirement's not exactly everything that it was was cracked up to be, but uh, yeah. when yeah. you have to retire, that's one thing. But uh, so how are you doing now, my friend? I'm what? How, how's your shoulder now? How are you doing? Oh, it's uh, it's 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 all good. Uh, and I've I've had no surgery. I've I had a uh, I had a healing from the Lord on my shoulder. About two years, well, it was about a year and a half ago, and I, I when I tore it up, I went to Tandy Freeman, uh, and he is an awesome uh, physician. He does these PBR bull riders, rodeo cowboys, superstar athletes. He just puts them back together, you know. Right. And uh, so I, when I had my shoulder injury, well, some of our friends are good friends with him, and they got me in to see him just real quick. And when I went to see him, he looked me over and. He asked me when I did that, and I said, oh, a few weeks ago. And he said, no, the first time, <laughs> my rotary cuff is gone. You know, so I just oh, wow. tore it. And, wow. And uh, so he looked at it all over, and he said, well, he said, what you need, I don't do. And I'm like, you're, you're Tandy Freeman. You put tough Hedeman's head back on. Come on, you can't fix the show. <laughs> so he sent me to one of his colleagues, uh, a real super nice uh, doctor, and, and he – he didn't. He hesitated to do any surgery. He said, "He said I'm too young. You'll be in yeah. there, cowboys." He said, "If you get hurt, you'll be done." So, uh, I had some prayers from a uh, for some folks that you're probably familiar with. We was at a uh, our award show we go to in Missouri every year, and Barbara Fairchild and her husband were there. And I could Doris had to put my guitar on. I couldn't raise my oh, wow. arm that night, and. Uh, and anyway, they did did a pretty good prayer session, and my arm shot up in the air. First time oh, wow. I raised my arm in six months, and uh, been raising it ever since. So, oh wow, God is good. Wow. God is good. Well, God is good. <laughs> God is good. Well, uh, if people haven't gathered already, you guys are very involved in in uh, in your your Cowboy Crossing Church, and uh, this song just blows me away it's one called i know who holds tomorrow and uh, doris i think you and the girls next door sang on this one didn't you yes i did that was and gary that was such a fun time when we had the opportunity to do it it took us about three years to get ready to do our cd 
looking for material and really I wanted to come home to do it. So that financially was a big expense. So we yeah. waited till Mike sold some property, you know, to get to do that. But Gary, this song was is my testimony song, and it even became more real when I went through breast cancer. But um, the girls did; it was so fun. They came to the studio and they sang on this one and several other songs. But it's just a, it's a wonderful song. But also, like, what a thrill to have them sing with me on it. It was it was just a neat time. Well, it is a beautiful song, and this is Doris Merritt and the girl next door. I know who holds tomorrow. We'll be right back on the Campfire Cafe. I don't know about tomorrow. I just Oh 
beautiful song. Beautiful song. Oh, I know who you. holds tomorrow. That's that's that song moves me every time I listen to it. Yeah, it did. It did move me. I saw. I watched Doris do when we first got to know each other. What she was going through at that time, and when I would see her and hear her perform that song, it was. I mean, it came from her heart. And when we started putting this album together, I, t- I said we're going to put that song on there. And she said, "Well, that's not really cowboy." I said, "I don't care. <laughs> we're putting it on there." <laughs> Yeah, it's, it still kind of makes me teary-eyed when I hear her sing it, you know. Yeah, it's Y'all a great song. <laughs> well, yeah. the whole album is absolutely fantastic. It's called Detour, and um, uh, it, it's one that you need to add to your collection. There's so many great songs that are on here. One of the really neat things about you, Mike, and Doris, is the fact that you are so giving. And... Um, uh, heavily involved in in uh, the work of the Cowboy Crossing Church, and uh, as you said, you've helped plant churches all over Oklahoma. Uh, but one of the cool things is is that you've always come and participated in our rendezvous. And um, Rendezvous 2020 is coming up. I want to talk about that just a minute because Mike and Doris will be at the Circle East Ranch. Uh, in yeah, Winchester, Tennessee, and uh, you're going to conduct Cowboy Church for us. You'll be performing on Friday night. Uh, Doris, and I wish I had a drum roll, the girls next door <laughs> are getting yeah. back together again Woo-hoo. on Saturday oh. night, and that oh. is going to be so, so cool. But It's uh, going to be so fun. <laughs> yeah, I think all the girls are very, very excited, Gary. Thank you for asking us, and uh, on both sides, Mike, asking Mike and I again to be part of it, and then asking the girls to be part of it. So we are we're we're ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> ready for you to rock, and uh, you know if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm one of the one of the years that we had you guys at Rendezvous with the girls next door. I think in 2016, the girls got together again uh, for for Rendezvous. Probably the first time in years that you guys had all performed together, wasn't it? It, it had Gary. Yes, we had done something, done a few things, uh, like a few churches. So I'm going to a few churches because that was easy. We didn't have to have a band, you know, and we could do. But that was the first thing I would say on a professional level and using a full band, you know. And yeah. and it it was it was truly like we had just stepped back in time. Nothing had changed, you know. The musicians were awesome, and my sweet husband got to play bass guitar for us. And that was just so cool to have him on stage with us. But literally, Gary, we just, we had, it's almost like we had missed a lick. You know, we just looked a little older, <laughs> but vocally <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, instrumentally, all, the, all that, it's because we were doing the material that we had done, you know, when we were on the road traveling and, and on our CDs and albums that we had back. We had albums and cassettes back then, too. Right, right. So it was, it was just so fun. So we are definitely looking forward to it again, getting to do it. I wish we had the opportunity to do more but one lives in North Carolina and I live in Oklahoma and two still live in Nashville and uh you know and who knows you know what who knows what God has in store for us we may just hit the road after this <laughs> well that would be all right that would be all right oh, it's, but it's, uh Rodney 2020 is to raise money for the Mustang Heritage Foundation's Veterans uh, Equine <laughs> Therapy Program 
And uh, so we've got a lot of folks coming from all across the country right now. You can check out equestrianlegacy.net and click on Rendezvous and see who all is performing in all of the events that are going to be taking place. A lot of trail riding, which we all love to do uh, that weekend, but that's June 18th through the 20th. And, um, you know, Doris, I think there was even a young lady that flew out from California just to see the girls perform for yes, Ron 2016. Our, yeah. That was so cool. One of our fans, uh, you know, that we still have, and it was so cool. Uh, and there were some other folks that came in as well, but that she came the farthest. But it was yeah. really, it was just like, this is just amazing to, to be off the road. It seems like such a long time that we still that our music is still alive and people are still, you know, remembering us. And I'm just so thankful for that. And so who knows, like I said, who knows what we, what we can do. We'll, we'll just see, you know, this may be the yeah. time to kick it off. Yeah. But because I think just, uh, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I, cause I think the last time, you know, everything has to be in the right timing. We have to say it in God's timing. Cause right after that, Dime became ill. And uh, or uh, let's see, no, it was me. I I was sick. You were ill, yeah. I I had breast cancer, then I get over breast cancer. Diane gets colon cancer, so and she's doing great now. So we're all healthy. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's the right time this time. So if we had jumped into some commitments the last time, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been good. So maybe this time we can make we can do some things more more than just this. So thanks again for the opportunity (laughs) to jump in there. Well, thank you guys for doing it. But because we're raising money uh, for the veterans that are suffering with PTSD and for the Wild Mustangs, uh, this song is so appropriate. And then this is another song from the CD Detours. This is a beautiful song called Watch Over Those Who Are Watching Over Me. We'll be right back with Mike and Doris on the Campfire Cafe. No matter where 
Campfire Cafe. You guys are so much fun to have on the show. Well, we are happy to have you. We're going to be looking forward to seeing you both in June at uh, Rendezvous 2020. And so, uh, folks, wherever you are out there, show up for Rendezvous 2020. At the Circle E Guest Ranch in Winchester, Tennessee, you'll hear Mike and Doris performing some of their great songs, and then you'll be hearing the girls next door as they are our finale on Saturday night. It's going to be a big time, and again, to uh, raise money for the Mustang Heritage Foundation's Veterans Equine Therapy Program. Where can you get your music? Well, we have a website, uh, MeritCowboyMinistries.com. You can go there and, and check out a little bit about us, and you can also order our music if you'd like to. You can listen to portions of it. And, uh, Gary, we also we have a radio show that is on Sunday mornings uh, yeah. from um, 7 to 9 and then 10 to 12, and it's on 104.3 The River. And if you're in the Texas area, that's in the East Texas area, that it's live. You can hear it on the radio, but if you, you can also stream it. At 104.3 The River, but it's 7 to 9 and then uh, 10 to 12 on Sunday mornings. So we play Christian country music, and uh, Mike gets, he's not politically correct, Gary, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's, we have fun, we have a good time, and uh, we just, another thing we're just very thankful for. It's another outreach for us. So. Well, and it's a good show. I've listened to a few of those shows, and they're absolutely great. So, anyway, you guys have absolutely, absolutely been great. Look forward to seeing you in June, if not before. And um, anyway. yeah, 
We yeah. need a Cracker Barrel date, don't we? <laughs> we need a Cracker Barrel date. We need a Cracker Barrel yeah. date. Yeah. Well, will anyway, you, you guys, right? I, yes, sir. I want to thank you for what you do, these these benefits. I know it's a lot of hard work, but they're all for a good cause. So uh, I thank you for what you do and the folks that help you out and uh, sponsor it and support it. And, and I want to give a big old shout-out to your farmers, your ranchers that are listening to your show on a regular basis. I, I thank them. I know they're facing some tough times, but just hang in there and keep doing for us what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, you guys are absolutely great. Mike and Doris Merritt, and you can also find them on Facebook. And uh, again, you are absolutely wonderful. But right now, it's time for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And when we come back we're going to be talking with Mesa Pate about Art of the Cowgirl that's on Saddle of America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio but right now let's take a listen to a great song from Mary Kay it's called One One Called Wind and Snow we'll be right back Hold their colors up and they move their hearts down low. 
the list anymore to see what's going on. It's kind of gotten so over my head that they they kind of stick me in the horse sale and and all women's ranch rodeo and world's greatest horsewoman side and they don't I don't I don't think I'm trusted to to be part of the. They don't leave the you for the rest of it. Rest of it? Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about what you're involved in and um, let's talk about the all women ranch rodeo first tell us a little bit about what's taking place in that so all women's ranch rodeo we'll have our preliminary events on thursday and friday and that'll be at south buckeye arena and equestrian center and it's really it's crazy you know last year we had i think right at 25 teams and this year we have 42 all women's ranch rodeo teams so it's you know it's crazy it's kind of hard sometimes to even fill a ranch rodeo let alone that many women's ranch rodeo teams uh so yeah it's it's really cool um last year it was such a great display of horsewomen and ropers and just all around cowgirls and you know we try to make it make kind of not overly unique but events that really showcase horsemanship and stockmanship and and really um honors what these working ranch women do every day so for our worldwide audience, people that are sitting there listening to this in Bulgaria today, they may not have any idea what takes place at a, at a ranch rodeo or an all-women's ranch rodeo. So what kind of events will be seen? So uh, that's that's a good question. I never really think about that. Uh, this, unlike a, a regular rodeo that has your standard events like barrel racing and calf roping and bull riding, this is these events are based solely on things that are still in practice today. Uh, rodeo events are based off of, you know, what what we do, but these are really um, an example of that. Um, we'll have a team branding and then uh, a reverse team roping and, let's see, um, drawing a blank on all the events, but they'll basically be events that really, really showcase the things that happen day-to-day on a ranch. Okay, so that's different from a, a rodeo where they're bronc riding and bull riding and the events that we usually see on television, but this is this is the practical everyday things that ranch women do from day to day. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully, there's no bronchitis. I don't have a. It's not on the schedule, but if there's some some good bronchitis, it's because something didn't go as was planned. So you never know. But yeah, so that's what's <laughs> kind of neat about a ranch rodeo is it really it really is a representation of of what we do daily, and, and not also it's just this is a little bit more a little bit grittier maybe a little more authentic a little bit um i don't know it's, it's like i said it's, it's what we do day to day and it really gives gives an audience a glance at the life of a working you know cowboy or cowgirl right right well talk to me a little bit about this world's greatest horsewoman event that's going to be taking place so the World's Greatest Horsewoman event is it's based off of the World's Greatest Horseman, which happens in February in Fort Worth, and it's made up of uh, cutting, reining, steer stopping, and the fence work. So again, we'll be at Buckeye South Buckeye Equestrian Center from Wednesday until Friday, and then all the events will move to Thunder Ranch, and that's what will happen uh, in the Greatest Horsewoman. Um, the preliminaries will be the, the cutting, the reining, the fence work, and steer stopping. And that will determine the top 10 girls that will then move on to the Crona Ranch. And it's uh, the the rain cow horse is, is just such a cool industry and such a cool 
this event is so so amazing and we really wanted to offer something a little different this year at art of the cowgirl i i show cow horses and so i was like well maybe we can do a world's greatest horse woman and it was just it was crazy how it took off i was just going to take 25 competitors and i opened it and it filled within five minutes there was over 70 entries wow uh, yeah so we were able to add a couple days and take all the entries and yeah, I think it's we're right at 70, 70 entries into the world's greatest horsewoman. And oh, they're from gosh. Canada, all over the United States. Uh, they're coming from everywhere, so it's pretty been pretty overwhelming how how much you know people are in into this. Every spot, good, yeah, yeah. Well, that should be something to see as well. So now I know are you you're competing this time, aren't you? I just in the ranch rodeo, and then uh, okay, I think enter the world's greatest horsewoman this year. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year. Okay. Now, what takes place during the Elite Ranch Horse Sale? Because I know you're heavily involved in that. Yeah, that's kind of what my favorite part of the event. Um, it's there, we have 28 head of horses consigned and two cow dogs, and it's it's just such a cool cool sale because it's small, it's very intimate, and you really you really get to know these horses and the consigners especially, and it's, it's all ranch women or you know, horse training women that, uh, and it's really, we try to make it a representative, not only just the horse that they have consigned, but it really their story and their programs. And I, I want the sale to feel like you're buying this horse. Like you went to somebody's house and looked at the horse and bought it directly from them as much of, as you can in a sale setting. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's really taken off. And, and these consigners that we have are just outstanding horsewomen and even better people. And it's, it's made it a very, a very special sale. Well, that should be good. Now, when is that? When is that sale? The sale is January twenty sixth. January. So it'll the 26th. be the Sunday of the event. Yep, at Corona okay. Ranch. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, in, in addition to the world's greatest horseman competition and the ranch rodeo, and the ranch horse sale, you'll have demonstrations, um, horsemanship. But you also have a lot of artists that are exhibiting there and and uh, workshops as well, aren't you? Yes, there's you know there's going to be workshops uh, in Gilbert um, leading up to the event all that week, and then workshops throughout the event. And that's this this event is just it's amazing how many makers and artists it brings together, and just the feel of you know the camaraderie and everybody supporting each other. It's, it's, I have never felt it at any other event. And I've been to a lot of horse events and a lot of great ones. And it's just very cool. Uh, how just the environment of this event and how, how much it is about helping each other and, and bettering each other and pushing each other to better our, you know, crafts and trades. And yeah, so it's, that's, that's what this event is about. And, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of things going on, but I don't feel like it loses sight of that, and that's pretty special to me. Yeah, yeah. You have an auction that's taking place. Of course, there's a trade show that will be there, so people can buy uh, some great uh, uh, tack and and working equipment as well. Um, and have entertainment that's going to be there, so people can come and see folks that are performing. I think Bridget Reddy is performing. Uh, Joni Harms. Uh, who is actually in Denver today, will be there performing. Do you have any other folks that are performing, any of the other entertainers that are going to be 
providing entertainment for oh, the man, I, I wish I thought to <laughs> get the list. Like I said, I, I don't know a whole lot of, of what's going on sometimes as well as the rest of the girls. But, um, yeah, the entertainment will be great. It's all it's all people that are heavily not only involved in the entertainment part of our industry, but the ranch ranching industry as a whole. So that, I think that's pretty cool. I think that that uh, this is really a great representation of working ranch cowboys and cowgirls and Bridget Reedy and Johnny Reedy and and uh, Linda Thurston and the genuine cowgirls and there's just so many that are going to be there performing and and interacting that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't have a list in front of me. I should have done that, but uh, you don't want to miss any of them. You can find a list at artofthecowgirl.com, though. The website is much more informed than I am. Artofthecowgirl.com. Well, one of the performers that's going to be there is a young lady named Joni Harm. She actually is uh, uh, a ranch woman and uh, lives on a century ranch out in Oregon. Let's take a listen to a song by Joni. She'll be performing at Art of the Cowgirl, and this is one called Cowgirl Tough. We'll be right back and visit more with Mesa Pate on South America. If you've been bucked, kicked, stomped and bit, dumped, burned, caught and hit, can't make any sense of it, think you might as well just quit. But your pride Yeah. 
song is Cowgirl Tough, and Joni will be performing at Art of the Cowgirl in just a couple of weeks at the Corona Ranch in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Mesa, I was just thinking, uh, you're the daughter of Kurt and Tammy Pate. What is ranch life like for you? So it's a little, a little different than what what it might be for, for somebody else. We raise bucking bulls, so uh, it's it's a little bit different, but basically we're just we're kind of feed all the time, and every once in a while we run some in and buck them, but that's what we do in Oklahoma, um, me and my boyfriend, H.G. Page, and his family. So, And then my parents, they, you know, of course, they train horses and, and ranch in Montana. So, yeah, that's what our, our days look like. <laughs> well, I would think raising bucking bulls be kind of an interesting thing. Uh, do you travel to a lot of rodeos? We do. We uh, we primarily um, go to fraternity events, so events for the two-year-old bulls, and, and then we go to the PBRs, and, and then we partner with Powder River Rodeo as who we have a rodeo card with. So, yeah, we go. We do a little bit of everything. Well, are they pretty same bulls when they're not being ridden? Yeah, they're you know these bucking bulls are pretty neat. They're they're very they have very individual personalities and we handle them so much and and from a very young age. When you think of bucking bulls. Okay, all right. Well, that's kind of interesting. Well, Art of the Cowgirl takes place when? It's uh, the January twenty fourth to the twenty sixth of. This month, man, I keep forgetting <laughs> January already. Yeah, it's already. Yeah, yeah. January 24th through the 26th, and that will be at the Corona Ranch in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, people still have plenty of time to get out here and and be able to experience everything that's going on, and uh, visit the artists and the demonstrations and the workshops and the auction, and the trade show. And then you'll certainly want to see the All Women Ranch Rodeo and the World's Greatest Horsewoman event and uh, Elite Ranch Horse Sale. And do you have any horses going through the sale yourself? I do. I have I have a gelding consigned. Uh, I have them saddled. I better go ride them here pretty quick. Get ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Listen, you have been a great guest. And, uh, and filling in for Tammy because I know she's flying today and uh, uh, was unable to be with us on the show. But look forward to meeting you sometime, Mesa. I look forward to it, too. Thank you for having me. Well, glad to have you with us. And uh, one of the performers, uh, a real rat woman, but one of the performers that performed last year is a good friend of ours called Trinity C. And let's take a listen to her great song, The Saddle. And Mesa, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you and and sure see see everybody and uh, thank you again. Well, have a great event. Thanks. Wait, tree saddle, straight up cannon, Riata strapped to the horn, thin skirt friggin' and burns on. Leather and gold, boot stitch, buck and roll. 
rules and hate button conchos They police the place I come from Made by the hand of a hard-working man And backed by the woman Drawing board he had built through 
horses learn. song was very, very horsist and not inclusive. <laughs> well, we need to be politically correct, I guess, on the show. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got to be inclusive. So, uh, did you have a good New Year's? It's a very good New Year's. Uh, nice and quiet, um, I guess. Yeah, yeah, nice and quiet. We had uh, some family come over from uh, Seattle, uh, some nephew and, and and his wife and kids and uh so we had we had small little creatures running around the house with shrill <laughs> little loud voices uh <laughs> so little was, two-legged creatures yeah little exactly creatures. we we took we went uh sled riding put them on 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 the, on the mules of course they seemed to like that and, and then they got to help uh uncle rob uh, do some baking one day so Hung out, hung out with the littles. <laughs> oh, that's cool. 
So I, I had asked earlier in the show of our first guest if they had made any New Year's resolutions. Have you? No. No? <laughs> no. But the best of the best way to plan, I'm going to do some resolutions and uh, haven't gotten around to it. I've been kind of, you know, it's the, the start of clinic season, and so I've been really focusing on uh, clinics for the coming year because the first one starts on Saturday and you know that that whole idea I'm, I'm going to spend a couple hours and think deep thoughts in front of the the fireplace and and really put down some 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 good quantifiable uh, resolutions just never happened <laughs> well my first guest said that uh, his resolution was to make any and so I think that's, <laughs> I think that's that is pretty safe. Most of us don't keep resolutions anyway, so my resolution was just to live each day in the moment, you know. There you go. I, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. that, that but, that's a good one. That's probably the best one I've ever heard, I believe. Yeah. So where's your first one? Uh, over in Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, with the backcountry horsemen of Idaho. Uh, it's a packing clinic. It's going to be my very first packing clinic ever. I've attended really? many. Yeah, I've never really considered myself a packer, to tell you the truth. Um, I can pack. I do pack. I think I do an okay job. At least I haven't, you know, killed myself or others yet. But you know, right. there's so many, you know, others I think that do a better job. I never really thought that I was, quite frankly, qualified. Uh, to do so, but a lot of people have been asking over the years, and uh, so I, I asked one of my mentors, <laughs> Ed Halfliger, <laughs> yeah. last year, and I said, Ed, you know, people are wanting me to do these packing clinics, but I'm not a packer. He said, yes, you are, Robert. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I, I told you so. So, you know, but rather than – I want these clinics to be – different than perhaps what other packing clinics are. I've been to packing clinics where it's all about, you know, tying tying knots and throwing loads, if you will. Uh, you know, you got to use the reverse crow's hitch on alternate Wednesdays, unless there's a full moon, of course. And, you know, it's like, gee golly, no, I don't want to tie a reverse crow's hitch. I want to go camping. <laughs> so... So I want these clinics uh, to be not so much about, you know, can you throw a Manny tarp and have it look nice, but, hey, you don't have to be an expert at this stuff to have a good time and and to be safe. So, you know, I've always been a big believer that nobody buys uh, an eighth-inch drill bit. or Nobody wants an eighth-inch drill bit. They want an eighth-inch hole. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nobody wants to pack. People want to go, want to haul camp and go camping. And that's all I want to show people how to do is that. And there's so many different ways to do it. You know, I, I've had my mentors, and, and I don't think any of them do anything the same way. And I don't do exactly the same as they taught me, you know. Yeah. Um, it's all, everybody's going to find their, their own route. I just hope through these clinics to, you know, show them what has worked for me as well as what hasn't in a fun and informative manner. 
feel right, 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 right. And of course, you don't you don't pack like hackers do. You don't have no, no. I'm no. not an outfitter at, at, at all, and I don't really do that many work parties either. You know, I I kind of look at myself as the average Joe. You know, I've got I've got a horse in the or a mule in the in the backyard that doesn't have a job and. I want to go someplace where the fishing's good. <laughs> How am I going right. to get there? <laughs> right, 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 right. So when you do, when you pack for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, how do you do, how do you go about it? Well, you know, it it, it depends, and, and and I hate that answer, but but it does. It depends on where I'm going for how long. Uh, how many head of stock? So, but on a, you know, so on a on a typical, we'll call it a week long trip. Celeste and I, okay. may, maybe that, maybe that's my resolution. Celeste and I are going to go in for ten days this summer into the Pesaten complex. Okay. Um, so we did talk about that. Uh, but so if I'm going in for what we'll say a week with Celeste. Um, you know, it's how am I going to get camp and food in? Uh, I'm a big fan of those big plastic uh, bear boxes. Okay. Because uh, bear regulations are a thing. You know, they're bear bear uh, containers are required in Montana, where I go a lot, um, and most places, at least out west. I really think those regulations are going to be pushed out further, so might as well embrace the big plastic boxes now. Besides, they make great tables. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have pretty much everything that Celeste and I will take. You know, it all fits in those two boxes. You know, so just like camping any place, what are my 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 essentials? You know, food, water, shelter. How am I going to um, take care of each of those things, and then I just put all that stuff in the boxes. I don't hang my boxes anymore, which is what I'm going to be um, telling people at these clinics. Hanging boxes works; it truly does. Uh, or hanging bags, uh, you know, over a riding saddle, it works. That's how I started. There are better ways okay. to do it. But as long as you get out, you know, you're probably going to live. So why why try to go, you know, why, why try to jump ahead to, you know, to, from uh, kindergarten to grad school? Um, right, right, right. So, you know, for me, I, I tie my boxes down. Um, and so, and we'll show that during the during the clinics, you know. Here, here's one way to tie boxes down because uh, people find it's fun, you know. But at the same time, we're going to, hey, he can also take these buckles and just buckle them on and let them hang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. it doesn't have to be perfect. And I guess that's the big thing. We can want to be perfect. We can try to be perfect. And if all it's a, a laudable goal, it's not necessary. We can we can do okay. <laughs> so when you go – Am I preaching go, mediocrity? <laughs> No, well, I mean, you know, average, you know, it's, 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 if I can get it done, I can get it done, and that's what you really yeah. what you want. Yeah. So when you go camping for this 10-day that you'll do in 
Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you do you, will you plan on having graze for your livestock, or do you pack hay for food, or or what do? You do uh, it's all of my trips are predicated on having graze for the livestock. Once you start okay. carrying feed, it is just this downroll spiral in, 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 into wretchedness. Uh, I mean, if you think about the the food requirements of our animals, you know, that whole 2% of body weight per day. So for a 1,000-pound animal, that's 20 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, to feed, you know, now four critters, I'd have to take – 80 pounds of food a day. That, that's a whole... That's a lot. That's a lot. That, that, that's like four extra mules to carry the food that I have to that's carry right. more food to, and more mules. So yeah. every place that I go, um, you know, I, I do the, uh, the due diligence beforehand to, to make sure that there's going to be graze and water. You know where I'm going to go. So a lot of times right. that entails calling the certainly the land manager. You know, so the the local rec ranger of where I'm going to head into, or the local backcountry horseman chapter that helps maintain that set of trails. You know, hey, I'm planning to head in uh, north of Horseshoe Basin around August, early August. Can I expect to find water and graze there, or will it be burned out, or does the mm-hmm. spring dry up? You know, that kind of stuff. The kind of thing that you're only going to get the information from those that have been there. Right. And hopefully those that have been there recently. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, now, uh, even though they have graze, do you take any kind of grain to your animals? Yeah. I, I, I generally take maybe maybe a pound of uh sweet feed like that mm. uh equine equine senior you know that smells just like molasses and i'm sure it tastes like it too <laughs> oh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't know about that but i know about the smells oh so, uh, yeah. you gotta expand your horizons it's good stuff yeah i i take like i said maybe a maybe a pound i call it catch grain I've got my my critters pretty much trained that when I yell "Hey horses" or "Snackums," you know they've got a candy bar waiting for them. You know I I don't go camping you know without a couple paydays or Snickers bars with me. And I figure I figure they like their 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 candy bar if you will as well, and they've certainly earned it. So so if I you know take you know some on on this trip next year, you know, or heavens, next year, this year, this year I'll yeah. probably take a full bag, you know, four critters, a pound a day by 10 days. That's a lot of, that's a lot of feed. Uh, fortunately, yeah. I've got the, I've got the carrying capacity to take it and it gives me a little bit more leeway in case, you know, something isn't as, as expected, but I've, I've not always done that. Just, just, uh, in the past few years, probably. You know, it's 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 talking about your feed requirements for your livestock. Um, several years ago, I quit feeding my horses grain. Okay. It's just it's just a high quality hay 
that I feed during the during the winter months. The rest of the time, it's just a pasture, and mm-hmm. uh, they seem to maintain just fine. And uh, and some people believe that feeding grain is not good for your livestock. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways to go 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 through that. You know, I used to. Well, you gotta you gotta feed them grain because that's what everybody does. And I kind of, you know, some people may cringe, but it works for me. I kind of decided that a lot of people feed their their horses the same way we do beef cattle. But I'm not eating my horses or my mules. I'm not eating the horses. <laughs> so, that's right. So all of my all of my guys, they get they, I feed them straw. Honest to goodness, straw. It's bluegrass straw. Really? Uh, yeah, out here, um, there's a farmer, I guess several perhaps, but uh, he raises uh, bluegrass for seed, you know, for like lawn seed. Right. And so, you know, the leftover for that is is the straw, and I feed that to all my animals. I started feeding it um I guess three years ago, when for my good yellow horse, he uh, had that uh, equine diet. He couldn't handle the carbohydrates in in, in nice nice uh, orchard grass, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and so I had to get this stuff, and it's you know a fraction of the of the carbs, you know, the sugars uh, right. of regular hay. Uh, they all they all keep their weight really nice. And I mm-hmm. don't worry at all about overfeeding them. Um, so it's been working for me. Now, I do use a, a barn or a hay balancer supplement, you know, because there's not a whole lot of minerals in straw. No, I would <laughs> so, think so. so. So they get that barn balancer. And every time I do get new feed, regardless of what or where, I send it in to get tested, uh, and I, I think that very important. You know, I want to know what, you know, how much, how much carbs, how how much minerals, how much this, how much that. You know, the the fat, you know, the proteins, all that good stuff. So that way, I can make an informed decision on what supplements I need, if any. Uh, right. And you know, I didn't used to do that either, but. I don't know. You live, you learn. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess. Well, it's it's interesting. I talked to some old timers, uh, uh-huh. and I'm talking about I'm talking about real old timers. And okay. uh, uh, I recall one old gentleman. He was really more like a grandfather to me. I never knew my grandfathers really. Uh, mm-hmm. One died before I was born. One I was thinking. I think five. So this guy was really like a grandfather to me, but quite the horseman. And uh-huh. he never wormed. He never wormed his horses. He said, "You know, oats will take care of that." And his horses mm-hmm. always look great. So yeah. I don't know if he was feeding the worms at the same time or not, but uh, <laughs> it well, seemed to work. I think the, yeah, I think those old timers. I think they had a lot of things going right. They might not have had the the science behind it, but it certainly worked for them. It did. It did. And, uh, and I think sometimes we just kind of overdo, uh, on our livestock today because we've, our attitudes have changed about sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, all the time. I, I would say all the time. Most of the time. I hear, uh, I hear conversations that take place, and it's it's like, uh, but it's it's kind of, uh, I and mean, we're strained off track just a little bit because we were packing a minute ago, but um, that's okay. Not, that, that's why these shoe, conversations are so so fun. Yeah, shoe or not to shoe. It's like oh, people good have heavens. shod their horses for how many thousands of years people have shod their horses. And uh, and now it's like, well, you don't need to be shoeing your horses. You know, that's cruel. That's inhumane. Well, uh, my I, horses you, never complain about shoes. You know, I I think they're, 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 there's both sides of the argument there. I shoe. And I hate it. I truly do. I don't think that I'm doing those horses a whole lot of favors by poking all sorts of holes throughout their hoofs all summer long. Uh, I'm not letting their hoofs expand and contract with the steps, all that good stuff. Uh, But at the same time, plastic. (laughs) Doesn't last. It it doesn't last. Is it going to stay on? It's. It's more expensive in many cases than than steel, um, you know. But I can see somebody that that rides on the weekend, you know, a nice sandy place. No need to shoe. Why? Yeah, Why go to the expense? You know. But if somebody is, you know, out there doing, you know, you know, and you know. I don't care how hard your horse's hoofs are; they're not harder than granite. <laughs> uh-huh. right. right. And they're wearing their horse's hoofs down quicker than they can grow. Well, they need to do something. Uh, I'm not going to do shoes because, you know, four critters at the trailhead. Not only do I have to get get them tacked and and packs loaded and everything else, you know, it just Three minutes a horse adds up putting those shoes on. I'm not going to take the time. Right. But, you know, Celeste, you know, since, let's face it, she may be helping me put the packs on, but mostly she's taking care of her little Icelandic. I bet she could get away with, with boots uh, just because she, she's got a little bit more time. She's not trying to do all that other stuff that I am. That right. makes her the smart one. I need to get her to start <laughs> doing these loads. Uh, so, so I, I think that whole, there's resolution for the new year. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So I, yeah, you know, I, I, I see people getting into huge tiffs over the shoe, not shoe thing. Do what works for you and don't worry about it for anybody else. That, that's what <laughs> I was to say. It's, 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 if you're comfortable with it, the way that you're doing it, then go ahead. But, yeah. uh, but don't give people now, a hard time if they're one way or the other. Just, you know, if exactly. it works for you, do it. If it exactly. works for you. Exactly. So, uh, okay. yeah, I think as humans, we uh, we get a little wrapped tight sometimes. We do. We do. So you've got the clinic in uh, Idaho coming up. So so how's your clinic schedule lining up so far this year? Uh, it's going to be a, a, a busiest year. Uh, most weekends up till June are already booked. I think I've got maybe, you know, two or three weekends free. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Have, every weekend is free. 
It, it, no, every weekend is is full. Yes. To <laughs> say you're doing something every weekend. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a pretty busy year. Uh, a lot of smaller clinics. Um, and so you know, I, I'm doing the Midwest uh, Horse Expo there in Madison. Uh, doing an expo. Um, here in Washington, uh, uh, Nebraska, I think, and then the Rocky Mountains, you know. But, you know, I, I really like these smaller clinic settings where I can talk to, you know, 40, 50 people out of whack. And I, I, I just enjoy them a lot more than, you know, being wired for sound in a room of 4,000. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I made a point last year to – start pushing the the smaller venues um a little bit more um so we'll see how that goes i mean it, i just like the uh everything else you got to do what works best and it's a lot of fun to you know go to these giant clinics it truly is but you know i want people to get something out of the clinics other than than a few chuckles and Absolutely. i think i can do that more effectively in a smaller venue so we'll see if i'm right or wrong yeah, yeah. So after Idaho, what do you have coming up next? Uh, after Idaho is a smaller clinic over in Seattle. Uh, okay. So that should be a lot of fun. Don't tell them, but I'm using the backcountry horsemen in Idaho as my guinea pigs for, <laughs> for this pack clinic. Doing another so pack depending clinic. on how Saturday goes, Seattle may be, may be very similar or very different. Uh, <laughs> funny that is too well you have a great website and uh we want to remind folks that they can go to trailmeister.com and uh find all of the information that you want about wherever you want to ride and you keep adding new uh keep adding new trails yeah uh we're up to like what 37 3800 places across the u.s and canada now uh, actually, just uh, this morning, I added, I think, five new places in Ohio. Um, so so every day we're, we're adding new areas. And, you know, it's, it's everything from those accurate driving directions, you know, to the equine trailhead, because that's usually not the same one as where the hikers go, to the rules and regs. Uh, to trail maps, and I think it's way, way cool that uh, land managers are using the notes that riders leave, you know, on on these web pages yeah. to gauge equine use. Um, I was talking to a woman the other day, uh, and you know, I I just think I think that's way cool that people can leave their ride reports. You know, hey, went to. Hocking Hills State Park and uh, had a great time, went on this trail. They could upload their GPS tracks or download them. And then, you know, the park rangers are looking at the website and saying, yeah, horse people are using these trails. We need to step up our game and keep them open. Absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. I think so, too. Well, it's trailmeister.com. We're talking with Robert Eversole and – Man, I tell you what, this year's flying by. We'll be visiting with you in February before you know it. And, yeah. Uh, 
But anyway, it's been fun today. We had a great time talking with Doris and and uh, Mike Merritt uh, on Campfire Cafe. A great time to visit with uh, Mesa Pate about the art of the cowgirl, and always great to talk with Robert Eversole. And uh, we'll be back again next week at Thursday for the Campfire Cafe starting at noon in Saddle Up America right after. Robert, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Safe safe trails, and we'll talk soon. Take care now. Hey, talk to you soon. Till the answer comes, you got to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Till the answer comes, you got to keep praying. Keep praying till the answer comes. If you know one time and there's no answer, well, don't turn away from the door. You've got to knock again until you've been let in. Sometimes it only takes once more. Till the answer comes, you got to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. The light finally comes breaking through the dark But if you truly believe in its power Can breathe life into you in a troubled heart Till the answer comes, you gotta keep praying Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.